For me, magic is an opportunity for relationships. I love having the camera on stage so that everyone is just inches away from the experience. <laughs> oh! How did that happen? How did that happen? Show them. Show them. They don't know. Gentlemen, please welcome to the stage your next friend, John Michael Hinton. You might be thinking, a magician in church? Is that legal? He's an illusionist, right? Like, does Tim know about this? Uh, I'm pretty sure he booked me. So. Well, hi, good morning. Uh, how many of you are already my friends? Anybody already my friends remember me from being, oh, I love Horizon Church. Hello to everyone. By the way, at the Lodi campus, we love you guys and everybody watching online. We send so much love to you guys. I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, happy Father's Day to all you fathers. Let's give it up for the fathers. Yes. In honor of Father's Day, I did grab a couple father's jokes. I'm sorry ahead of time. What, what do you call it when Batman skips church? A Christian bail. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yesterday I bought a new blindfold, but I really can't see myself wearing it. Back in the day, back in my day at least, we rode bikes without helmets. Anybody else? Yeah. Oh, back in my day? We uh, rode bicycles without helmets. Anybody else? <laughs> oh, and the last one, you'll be telling this one later, Dad. What do you call it when a dinosaur, when a dinosaur passes gas? A blast from the past. <laughs> Can we turn this down just a little bit, Micah? I feel like I'm overpowering them. So why am I here? What are we doing here? Today, I want to talk to you about the impossible. And does anybody know what this object is right here? Does anybody know what this is? Anybody? Yes, a Rubik's Cube in the 80s. A lot of people thought this was impossible. How many of you have one of these that looks kind of like this sitting around your house somewhere? A lot of you do. A lot of you do. People thought, man, if you could solve one of these things, you must be, you must be a genius or something, right? But does anyone know how to solve one this morning? Anybody? Raise your hand. Anybody? Yes, you do. How fast can you solve one? In a minute. Awesome. I'm so glad you came. Because uh, you proved my point. It's not impossible. Once people figured out the algorithms, it was a snap. To be able to solve it. Um, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. How? 
Does he get his hair to stand up like that? Uh, <laughs> you need that, yes. Uh, what's your name, sir? Ruben. Um, can you be a favor, Ruben? Come on up here. Oh, can we be friends, Ruben? Ruben, can we be friends? Yes or no? Can we be friends? Yes, that's one. Uh, I have these stickers. Can we get the uh, iMag up here? Uh, it says, John is my friend, maybe. Yes, see, it says, John is my friend, Ruben. That's for you. Uh, Ruben, can you do me a favor? Can you mix this? Don't, don't hurt it, but just mix it up. Don't put it in any certain patterns, though. You can have a seat for just a second because I'm going to do a, another trick while you're mixing that so everybody knows that's mixed. Because uh, a lot of people, they don't trust me for some reason as a magician. <laughs> Here, go ahead and step back so they can get like a full body. Yeah, yeah. No, no, right here. You're good. You're good. Give it up for our cameraman right here. He's doing a good job so far. No, right here. Right here. Right here. Perfect. Because uh, I do a lot of things on stage and people, they just don't trust me. And so I like to, especially when I use the video, they say, ooh, it's video magic or something. It's not. Everything you're seeing is sleight of hand. It's, it's, it's right here. Like if I did this and I put out four cards, you guys can see the four cards, Yes. Yes, the four cards. Uh, people would say, no, he has more than four cards. Or they might say, ooh, are they special cards? No, no, they're actually, uh, they're just extra cards, honestly. I got them from uh, two different decks, just got four jokers. Uh, but people, they'll say, he's cheating. And they're right. But they'll say, like, if I take a card like this and I take it almost to the top of the screen, they say, oh, he switched the card. He had somebody above the screen switch the card. I don't know who else is up here, but they'll say that. Uh, thanks for showing them. <laughs> now listen, I did switch the card. Um, but I didn't need, I didn't need the, uh, I didn't need somebody above the screen. I could just think about it. And I can switch all four cards. Um, thank you. Thank you and you and you. <laughs> Granted, if you're going to switch them, you always make them count like switching for four aces or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Anybody having fun yet this morning? Yes. That's right. God designed fun, and we're going to have it in church. I like it. Uh, are, you, are you mixing the cube? You're, you're filming it. Put, put the camera down. You just, we've done enough stuff over video. Put it down. Put it down. Yeah. Mix the cube. Stand up. Stand up for me, Ruben. Put it, mix, put it above your head and mix it three more times. One, two, five. Okay, great. Uh, Come on up here, because I'm going to show everyone the easiest way to solve Ruben's cube. Okay, that was 20 more. Thank you. Give it up for Ruben, everybody. So I am going to show everybody the easiest way to solve a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Ruben, I said not to put it in a pattern. Did you? Why did you put it in a pattern, Ruben? You didn't put it in any pattern. Then how'd you do that? You weren't staring at this cube right here, Ruben, when you were uh, mixing it? Here, show them this, this cube right here. You weren't staring at this cube right here? Because look. That's not just one side, Ruben. That's two sides. No, that's not just two. That's three sides. Look, that's four sides, that's five, that's all six sides. Give it up for Ruben. I don't know how he did that if he didn't do that on purpose. Um, are you sure you didn't, you weren't, you're not fooling, I should put that in the show. Um, well, here, I'll put Ruben's cube over here. I might use it a little later. Um, but, hey, I will show everybody the easiest way to solve a Rubik's cube. The easy, does anyone know the easiest way, by the way? Yeah, what is it? Just shut up. A lot of people, yeah. Shout out. That's the easiest way. 
take the stage. Not that easy. <laughs> Does get you on national television in my case. But uh, look it up, Penn and Teller. Uh, it's fun. But no, uh, not that easy, sir. Um, you think it would be, but to, first of all, it gets on your fingernails, it hurts. And then putting it back on the right way to make it look like, no, no, no. Easiest way is to go back in time, 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 time. <laughs> If you buy that, then... No, uh, no, no, seriously, think about it. If you could go back in time to where you picked it up from the store, it would be solved, right? Yeah. You guys are having a hard time visualizing this. Look, if this is a clock right here, what would be at the top? 12. Very good. Thank you. It'd be, so it would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. All you'd have to do to solve it is to go back around the clock and look. Thank you very much. We still having a good time, yes? Awesome. Um, ooh, let's do this next. So I am a father of three. Uh, I love, by the way, like I said, happy Father's Day. Some of you, uh, this day, when I say that, you get you get happy because uh, maybe your story is like mine. I have an incredible father. He shows me love. He's always supported me. I, um, because of him, I have an amazing example of what is to be a father. I am a father now of three kiddos, um, and I am so, I just love them. Yesterday we went to a Giants game, and even though they didn't show up, um, we did. No, they showed up the first half of the game, but we play all nine innings in baseball. So, but I had such a good time hanging out with my kiddos, and you know, I could tell every man, every who's ever thought about being a father, what you guys want. Maybe a lot of you older fathers will agree with me. Some of you young men, they, oh yeah, maybe that. Every father, one of their greatest desires in life is to grow up to have the love and respect of their children. Amen? That's what all of us want. And I, so far I have that and my father has mine. But I'll be honest, I know that's the exception to the rule. And that, so, so some of you, when you're thinking about Father's Day, and I just said all that, that actually might have hurt a little bit. Maybe there was something in there you're like, mm, good for you. Because I said, I'm going to talk about the impossible today, and you thought, yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> Some of you, it's impossible because your father was not. Maybe you're estranged from him completely. Maybe you wish you were estranged from him. It's been a hard time with your father. Maybe some of you who are fathers, that's how you, you feel guilty. And there's this thing when you, come, you came to church, maybe even out of guilt this morning, or you're watching online because of guilt this morning, you're thinking, yeah, I wish I could be a good father. I wish I could have the love and respect of my children, but I gave that up a long time ago. Or, and today we're going to address that. But first we're going to do another magic trick. <laughs> um, here, oh, yeah, this is my kids. Uh, this is Jude. Uh, he is two and a half, right? He's so cute. Uh, he's our Prozac of 2020. Um, also, here is Silas, always uh, goofball, always serious. Uh, then also, let's see, we have, we have Charity. She is 12 years old. Um, so every holiday, whether it's Father's Day or Christmas or Lincoln's birthday, I always get one present in particular. Does anyone want to guess what it is? How did you know? No, 
Sir, I don't know how it started. It just became a thing. I would get socks. They they thought it was hilarious. They give me all sorts of socks, and I mean they give me other things too. They're very kind, but for some reason, the, I almost always at least get one pair of socks. And I have this problem though with this gift. And uh, well, let me let me explain. I need two fathers. You can stay where you're at. I'm not going to call you up here, but I, I need a father. Come on, kids, give up your father. Where who am I using? Who am I using? There's one. Go ahead and stand up, sir. And somebody over here. Somebody over. here here. Yeah, sir, just raise your hand. Stand up. Uh, your name? John. Good name. And Mark. John Mark. That's good names. Uh, friends? Friends? Yes? Mark, can we be friends? I didn't hear what he said. I'm sorry. Yes, but can we be friends? Thank you. Kind of the thing here, Mark. Uh, can we be friends, John? Thank you. Uh, so, Mark, I have uh, lots and lots of pictures of socks here. Um, so, here, uh, let me do this here. We'll, we'll come here. I'm just going to start putting pictures of socks right here, Mark. At some point, Mark, you will say stop. Stop here? Or do you want to, yeah? One more. Okay, so uh, one more. We'll go with this one, not this one. Uh, so here, look, you could have picked any of these guys. Uh, come right back to that one, Mark. Uh, John, I have, I don't know, 13 pairs of socks here, pictures of socks here. Pick a number up to 13. He, he wanted to, whatever. What do you want? Seven. So that would be one, two, three, four, five. If we could actually do this six, and here would be the seventh one right here. Again, you could have picked any of these different pairs of socks. Now, something with socks, what are you always looking for when you go for socks? What are you looking for, John? A match. You threw your voice and it sounded like a girl. That's good. Um, which is why I tried to help you guys, because it's Father's Day. We should make this easy. So that's why I put them in matches, uh, tried to keep it nice and simple so that they were matched. Every single one is matched so that it would be easy. I tried to make it easy for you guys, right? Uh, oh, these kids are so cute. That was Christmas a couple years ago. So let's see what we ended up with. We ended up with, oh yes, the purple one with the white stars. That was Christmas this last year. That was Christmas this last year. Super cute. Uh, and then John with Yeah, the Mickey Mouse with the uh, the red stripe on top. That was Christmas two years ago. The Mickey. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a match, right? <laughs> no, because this morning when I got dressed, I uh, have on the right-hand side, I have the Mickey with the red stripe, and I have on my left the purple sock with the white stars. Give it up for my two dads right here. <laughs> Yeah, I think that worked out well. That worked out. That worked out well. So yeah, okay. Got to keep this this way, or I won't remember how to get dressed in the morning. Okay. So yeah, uh, I do want to talk about impossible things, but before we do that, we're gonna get to one more. You guys want to see a card trick? You want to see a? Yeah. Should I leave the socks like this? No. They feel weird. <laughs> feel like I'm pence or something. That's no. Any baseball? No. Okay. Here, we'll get to this in just two seconds. This is a, this is a impossible object we're going to make. 
Uh, impossible objects, by the way. This is uh, this is impossible object right here. Uh, this is, if you look at it, it's it made out of plastic. It, my friend made this. It's so if you can see, it's four circles. You see the four circles with the uh, with the square around it. But if you turn it 180 degrees, it looks like four diamonds. Isn't that cool? I don't know how mathematically who figured that out. Uh, it's not even it's not even a magic trick. It's just kind of cool that when you look at it from one direction. I, I love impossible objects. We're gonna get to make one in just a second. But before we do, like I said, a card trick because everybody loves card tricks. Uh, hopefully. If not, you're going to see one anyway. So um, let me see. I just need a random card from somebody. Uh, sir, are you a dad right here? Third row right here? Perfect. I, like, I want to honor dads. What's your name, sir? I just used you. <laughs> Good. Perfect, John. Just say stop, John. Man, I'm tired this morning. Here we go. Perfect. So we will use the, uh, the five of hearts. Now, there's this game known to people. It's called uh, Three Card Monty. Does anyone know Three Card Monty? Anybody? No. Uh, you might know it actually, but just maybe not by name. It's um, how it works is you have three cards that two of them look very similar. Two of these look very similar. Can you tell that, John? Yes. And then one looks very different. The goal of the game is to find the different one. Uh, now, people gamble on this. We shouldn't gamble. Uh, it's not worth it. But uh, it, it, what happens, John, is they start, they start mixing them up. Some are face up. Some are face down. But as long as you keep your eye on the middle one, sorry, not the middle one, the, uh, the five there, John, you're going to win. So I'm going to be there to help you out, okay, John? And uh, I'm going to see if you can find the, your card, okay? So I'm not going to find your card. You're going to find your card. Watch very carefully, John. I'm going to go really fast here. I'm going to go really fast. No, keep it there because I don't want somebody to think that I'm, I'm cheating yet. Um, yet. Uh, I will tell you this, John. I don't know why, but subconsciously, for some reason, no matter what I do, I always put the money card, or sorry, the five card, uh, in your case, in the middle. I, I, so get ready because I'm about to go lightning speed. Are you ready, John? All right. Uh, do you know where the five is to start with? I haven't moved anything. He... No, that's the joker. Oh, you're left. No, I tried to help you out, John. Um, I put it in the middle. Sorry, that's my fault. I went too fast. I went too fast. Um, no, it, 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 it was. Here, let's do this simpler, John. I'll take the five um, and the one joker this time. Just keep it real simple, okay? Real simple because when the joker goes face down, people are confused. But as soon as that five goes face down, then people aren't sure where it goes. Where's the five at right now, John? Uh, no, it's in the middle. We'll make it simpler, John. We'll just use, we'll just use one, one card. Look, one card. One card. All right? Now, this is something that they call palming, John. Um, it's where you take a card like this, you put it in your palm. I don't know why they call it that. Watch very carefully, John. Where's the five, John? No, it's in the middle, John. It's always, um, look, it's always in the middle. Whenever you do this, it's always, no matter how much I mix it up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how it works, John. Here, let's, let's, do, this, let's do this even easier, John. One, one more chance. Um, where's the five? Yes, it's in the middle. Yes, you get it. You get the game. It's always in the middle, right? Uh, except when it's not, because sometimes friends are jerks. 
That's why there's forgiveness. Uh, no, I told you, I palmed it off, John. I put it in my, do you remember when I palmed it off? I put it, I'll make sure you win this time. I promise I will let you in. I promise. I, you can trust me. Um, here, look. Where is the five, John? In the middle. Very good. Yeah, give it up for John. He did a really good job. That was really good. Mark, you want to play? Look, watch very carefully, Mark. Watch very carefully. Here, get right, right here. I'm not going to do anything until we do it. Here, look. I'll go real slow for you the first time, Mark. Where is it? Yes, we'll go with that. It's in the middle. Uh, yeah, and even now I'm confused. Here, we'll do somebody else. Um, where, where, where's the five, sir? Yeah, it's always in the middle. It's always in the middle. Because look, you can take any card. As soon as you put it in the middle, it turns into the five. No, seriously, as soon as they go in the middle, they turn into the five. As soon as they're in the middle, every single card turns into the five of hearts. Give it up for my dad's right here. <laughs> oh, man. Anybody having a good time yet? Me too. I'm having a really... Huh? Oh, we're just yelling stuff. Okay, that sounds fun too. I like it. I like it. Uh, did I do the Skittles trick? Okay, here, I'll do the Skittles trick. Is that, is that okay if I, use, if I use this guy real quick? Is that okay if I just use this cube? Is that okay? We just use the cube. Here, make sure we can see the trick. No, no, back up. I want to make sure everybody can see everything. Perfect, just like that. Because if we take this, we just drop it like this. It turns into Skittles. Is that the, uh, the Skittles trick? No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, impossible object, impossible object, impossible object. Here, scoot back just a little bit, John. Perfect. Not, don't go off the stage. Perfect. I just don't want anybody to think that I'm doing anything. So I do love impossible objects. If you were to come to my office, actually, even that is designed as, here, I think we have a video of my office. Yes? Do we have a video? Yes. So this is my office right here. Maybe. It was. No, back up to the beginning because that's the whole point of it. If you were going to my office, you start with a bookcase. If we can rewind the video, I'm not sure if we can. It might. Uh, anyways, you walk to a bookcase and there's one book that you pull, because that's me. <laughs> and then you get to come into my magical speakeasy. Here, oh, here it is. See, look. You walk up. Of course, it's Narnia, because Narnia is the secret way to passageway to different places. You open it up, and then you go into my office. The back wall is even a Murphy bed. It's, I love impossible objects. I love impossible things. Uh, so I thought I'd make one for you this morning. I have two objects in the bag. Two objects in the bag. Any guesses what they are? One of them I'm very passionate about. Any? I already showed you it. Yes, Rubik's Cube. Very good. Uh, Rubik's Cube. The other one, any, any ideas? Listen. Socks. <laughs> Listen very carefully. Nope, not another Rubik's Cube. It is actually a bottle. Uh, a bottle that's only about an eighth of an inch bigger. We're going to try this. Watch. Bottle. Cube. Two objects.
two objects. One object. It's completely stuck in there. That is a cube in a bottle. Thank you guys very, very much. And you can have a seat. Thank you. Why, why am I doing impossible things? Why am I showing you all fake impossible things? Obviously, even this, um, which if I explained to you how this worked, I wouldn't have a job. So I probably won't. But getting it out of there for the next show is the harder thing. But why, why am I making, turning the Skittles? Thank you. Why am I making impossible objects? Why are we talking about the impossible? Because I think impossible objects like this or like even secret passageways, everything else, it begs the question, what if some of the things that we in our lives have labeled impossible have been labeled incorrectly? What if some things in our life that we think are impossible have been labeled incorrectly. Now, you might th say, okay, where does that go? When I think of impossible things or something, doing something impossible, doing the impossible, the first thing, honestly, I jump to is flying, <laughs> right? That would be awesome, having superpowers, having Hulk smash strength or, or one of the other Avengers' amazing powers. Or maybe you're more spiritual because we're in church and you, so you want to open your Bible and you think, wouldn't it be cool to see a man take a, a staff and hold it over a sea that's named Red, the Red Sea, and, and it, he, as he holds it open, the, the, the sea parts and, and then an entire generations of nation who have been enslaved walk across on dry land to the best aquarium show ever. That's Moses. If you're if you're if you're new, there's it's, it's it's great. It's an Exodus. You can read about it. Or maybe you think about it. You're like, man, wouldn't it be cool to be able to be part of an army that doesn't even have to fight, but just walks around a city seven times and the walls come a tumbling down? That's in Joshua. We think about all these big miracles. And listen, I'm all for miracles still for today. I'm still for the miracle of when the doctors made his diagnosis that you should come say goodbye, that person comes home. I'm all for those miracles. But this morning, I want to talk about something more practical. I want to talk about doing the impossible, like being the man or woman that your dog thinks you are. <laughs> think about who they think you are when you come home. They think you're so perfect. They think you're amazing. You're incredible. You're, 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 you're everything. You give them food. You give them shelter. You're everything to that animal. What about doing the impossible like actually loving your neighbor as yourself? What about doing the impossible about maybe looking at somebody and not judging them by their color of skin or by the color or brand of car they drive, or what section of the tracks, what side of the tracks they're on, but just by looking at somebody and thinking, well, if you were made in the image of God and I was made in the image of God, I'm going to start there. 2020, this last year, and even 2021 still, statistics would tell us that mental health problems have been skyrocketed. 
What about doing the impossible of waking up and living one more day? And then living the next, and living the next, and living the next. Or walking that through with a loved one who is dealing with that mental health problems and helping them to live the next and live. We're talking about practical things, doing the impossible of things that we all want to do. But here's the problem. They're impossible. (laughs) If they weren't, we wouldn't be calling them impossible. Having a marriage that actually is faithful till death do us part. The statistics in our country or in the world would tell us that that seems almost impossible nowadays. And yet all of us want it. All of us know we have this thing in us that we're like, we know that it has to be possible because it seems like that's the good that we want to do. And yet we feel like it's so out of reach and it's impossible. And I wish, honestly, I could just go up to God and be like, God, (laughs) what the, what the what? What the hey? Come on. Why would you put that in me that I want that and yet it's impossible? And I wish I could, but I don't have to wish because somebody did. We have, we have these accounts. They're, we call it the Bible or scripture or different things. And wherever you're at in your faith journey, some of you are like, yes, if the Bible said it, I believe it, that settles it. And that's where you're at. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that, uh, what, isn't there unicorns written in the mountain, the Old Testament and the King James Version? Like what, what? That, that is true, by the way. Uh, look it up because uh, it's translated different ways. I want to talk to you this morning about a real story that was recorded by a real person in a real time, in a real place. His name was Matthew. He was a tax collector. Somebody who uh, his fellow countrymen couldn't stand. Why? Because he betrayed them, (laughs) literally. Like, if you are a tax collector in this time, it's not just you worked for the government. You worked for the oppressing government against your own people. And he started following this rabbi who simply said, hey, leave everything behind and follow me. And he started following Jesus, and he wrote down an eyewitness account. We call it the book of Matthew, but this is really an eyewitness account. Like, he was there. He was on site. He was in person, and then he wrote about it. And then after he wrote about it, this eyewitness account was passed around to all the other eyewitnesses, and all of them were like, yeah, that's how it happened. Or if other people, because other people tried to write eyewitness accounts, and some of them people were like, that's not how it happened. I was there. (laughs) Like, is this stood the test of time. Why? Could it be God breathed? I believe so. Wherever you're at in your faith journey, you might say, I don't know if it is, but whether it is or isn't, this is true. Why? Because it stood the test of time because all of these eyewitnesses were there and they saw it and they saw it. They said, yes, this is what happened. And one time it's, we record it in Matthew 19, verse 26. And this, this is what happened. Jesus looked at them and he said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That sounds real good, and you can write that on a pillow, embroider it on something, hang it on your wall. Sounds really good. What's it mean? Because all that sounds good. Go home, and I was talking to my wife about this. She said, that sounds real nice, and yay, Jesus. But, but what about what about you, Dad, that I mentioned earlier that you just feels like that's good for that, that's, that's nice, it says that in church. What about you who, 
you know what your dad did to you. Or maybe even outside of Father's Day, because this is not just about today. This is about every single day of our lives. You're dealing with mental health, and it was hard for you just to put one foot in front of the other this morning and be here. When you know the context of this verse, you see the context was Jesus had been preaching and he'd been talking and he'd been doing a lot of things. He talked about hard things like divorce and they were like, what? You, how? I don't understand that. And then he uh, was sitting there and some little kids wanted to come on play on the rabbi's lap. And this celebrity, this, this guy who seemed so spiritual, they, they tried to keep the children away from him because they're like, no, 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 he's busy teaching the adults. You will go, go to kids' church. Like go, go over there to the tree and play with on the tree. And they, Jesus said, no, no. Let him come to me. And people are like, what? What's he doing? What? And then he even says, if you want to come to me, you should come like one of these kids. What? But, and then somebody came to test him. And he pulls up in his Tesla. <laughs> Equivalent. That was the name of the donkey, Tesla. And when he comes off, he has his sleeves rolled up. And he's not, he doesn't need to show you, but you can tell, man, whatever watch he has on, that sundial... And he comes up to Jesus and he says, hey, good teacher. What must I do to inherit this life that you've been speaking about? This, this kingdom of God, this eternal life, this, this thing that you say is so good. What do I have to do? And Jesus looks at him and is like, first of all, why, why, are you, why are we talking about good? Only one person is, only one is good and that is God. <laughs> so are you inferring that I am, like, are you inferring that I'm God? Are you, like, what are you, are we trying to define good? Like, are we talking about morale? Like, what are we, what are we really getting down to? And then he says, you know, you know the commandments. Keep them. Keep the, you know, do not lie. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not do this. You know, you know the big ten. And the guy looks at him, this, this rich guy looks at him and says, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done all that. But no, 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 let's talk brass tacks. What does it really take to inherit the kingdom of God? Like, what do I have to do? And Jesus looks at him and says, you're right, you have kept all of them. One thing you lack. Get rid of everything that defines you. All the stuff that you think that, look what I've done, your wealth, give it to the poor and come follow me. And he walks away sad. If you know the story, he walks away sad because he was a man of great wealth, we are told. And so then the disciples come to him. Now listen, if you don't understand the time of this day, you don't, not just even just in Judaism, but all of it. If you, then this day, when everybody believed in a God, there, there were no atheists. There were, you could have been believed in the sun God. You could have believed in Zeus. You could have believed in Athena. You could have believed in Yahweh. You could have believed in something. If you were rich, it was because of one reason. It's because the gods looked at you and you pleased the gods or God, whichever faith you came from at that time. And because of that, that's why you were rich. You were rich because the gods were happy with you. So obviously you're doing something right. And if this guy is this rich, that means, especially in Judaism, that he is pleasing God. God so much that he's being blessed. And Jesus looks at this guy who has all this wealth, this thing that's saying, look at me, I'm following God. It's not just the Tesla and look at me, I have status. It's look at me, I am holy. Some of you church followers who you want, you're here every Sunday, your, your Sunday school record is perfect. I am holy. I give money to the poor. I, I volunteer at the soup kitchen, and then I give money to Mexico. I've been on a Mexico mission trip. I've been on a Nicaragua mission trip. I've, I've done all the things. I've, even when lumber was too expensive, I still gave because those people, and look, what I, I am holy. And Jesus looks at him and says, that's great. 
Get rid of all of it and just follow me. And he says then these words, he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God. He wasn't just talking about wealth. Some of you will like, see the wealthy people, they'll get it at the end. No, he's saying these people that you think have it all together, you, that they're trying to prove that they can get to God, no. They're trying to be holy enough. They're trying to give away. They're trying to be, no. <laughs> you can't do it on your own. And so then they come to him and they say, Jesus, if, if that guy can't be saved, if that guy can't find eternal life, what is it? Because it seems impossible. And Jesus looks at him and he says, you're right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for the encouraging sermon. He says, you're right. With you, impossible. You want to be an amazing dad? With you, impossible. You want to forgive that dad? With you, impossible. You want to take one more step? Mentally health speaking, that you want to wake up with you, yeah, it's, it's impossible. You, you are so burdened by all the financial stuff in your life with you. Whatever your situation, I can keep trying to list things, but some of you are in your head are going, oh, he hasn't reached mine, I'm okay. <laughs> What's the impossible thing in your life? Because it's impossible with you. And then Jesus says three words that changes everything. But with God. With you, yeah, you're right, it's impossible. Why do you feel like you just keep hitting your head against the wall? Because with you, it's impossible. Why, even though you're like, I don't want to be imprisoned by, I don't want to be held captive by this bitterness that I hold against this person and what they did to my life, and I wish I could just let go of it, but I can't. And you're right, with you, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I told this to my wife, as I was preparing to talk to you. And she said, how's that tangible? And I said, I don't know. This, this is not the most encouraging. You're like, wait, wait, wait. This is where we're supposed to stand up and sing, all things are possible. We're supposed to. I wish I, wish I could tell you exactly how it worked. But I'm not him. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I don't know. But what I do know is when you come to God, when you come to your heavenly father, as he asked to be called, when you come to your Abba father, as Jesus referred to him in a garden, you know, it all started in a garden, right? But when God dropped us in a garden, he didn't drop us off at school and say, good luck. He said, okay, we're in this garden, let's walk. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to walk with us. He wanted to talk with us. He wanted to do life with us. He wanted to guide us. And he has a good idea for us. It's a supernatural exchange. And I can't explain it to you, just like I can't explain to you fully how much I love my children. Because unless you have been a parent, unless you have held your own child and looked at them, I, there are not words to express the love that overcame me the first time I heard and saw my daughter. And then I saw my other son and my, my, my final son. I, I can't explain to you because there is something that's just not possible to explain except that I can tell you I've done it and I love my children the same way I've done it. I've had impossible things. I have impossible things in my life right now. I'm not standing up here trying to tell you, hey, I'm perfect. This is what you should do. Follow me. No, I'm telling you follow him because Jesus is perfect and he is who he said he is. And if somebody can honestly predict and pull off their own death and resurrection, 
I'll pretty much go along with whatever they say. And he said, you're right, with you there's all these impossible things, but with God, all things are possible. So this is how we're going to end. When I said, we're talking about the impossible today, or when I started listening to this thing and I didn't even get to your thing and you had something in your mind, I can't forgive that person. I can't do this. I can't. I can't. It, that's, that's great. That's great that he's talking about that weird guy with weird hair. Like, I get it. Whatever that is, I'm going to challenge you this morning to do the impossible. I'm going to challenge you in a second. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to talk with the God that didn't want to drop you off in the garden, that wanted to walk and talk with you in the garden, that you can go back to that garden because of Jesus and what he did for us. We can be forgiven. We can forgive. So this is what I do. If you could just kind of get along with yourself, just close your eyes. If, if it helps to bow your head, if it, whatever it is. And I want to pray for you. I'm guessing there are tons of people here with impossible situations because this, let's be real, we're all human. <laughs> I want to give a time, just ease that you can talk to God and say, God, it's impossible. <laughs> just a minute to tell him, this is impossible. But with you, I want to see if it is possible. Would you pray with me? God, Father, that word sounds really hard to some people. As I said it, I just, I, I could tell God that some people are just like, I don't even know if I want to call God Father, but God, would you meet us right here? Just like you want to. Maybe it's us that are meeting you because <laughs> you've been waiting. For the person that feels like they've been running from you, God, would you please just, re just remind them that even as far as they wanted to run, that they haven't gone any distance from you. All they need to do is turn around because you've been behind them the entire time. God, for the person who just feels like it's impossible, would you just let them know that you're here and in a sense get a big heavenly father hug this morning? God, for the person who knows they need to forgive somebody, would you give them the courage to be able to give it to you, even if that person doesn't deserve forgiveness, that they haven't asked for forgiveness, but God, would you set them free from that bitterness this morning? God, do what only you can do. Do the impossible. We love you in Jesus' awesome and holy and precious name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org.